This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the multi-club football conglomerate derby this evening as City take on RB Leipzig in the Champions League. But first, we'll continue to look back at City's 1-1 draw with Liverpool and discuss why Erling Haaland isn't getting the ball enough. It's... Wednesday, no it's not, it's Tuesday, November 28th, I'm Adam Booker, and I'm Lee Bosley, and this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for good to win! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City, the fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 100%. Welcome back to the show, Luke. How are things over in Glossop, or as I call it, Paradise on Earth? <laughs> For people who like to know, Adam Bucket gives me so much stick about living in Glossop, and I don't know why. It's a lovely place. If, you, if you're ever in around so Manchester, come and visit Glossop. It's a lovely sort of like outer city town on the outskirts of, well, I say outskirts of Manchester, it's Derbyshire. Um, but yeah, it, it's lovely, mate. I'm having a great time. I've had a lot better weekend than you, a lot less stress, so let's just say it like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. the listeners already know I, my car was stolen uh, late last week. Well, little update for the listeners. I found it last night. Well, the police found it full of trash and spray painted on the inside and definitely just like littered with meth and crack and God knows what else. Um, so that should be fun to take care of. Um, but I do have my car back, so... I am laughing at the fact that um, you thought I lived in the middle of nowhere because <laughs> the scale of America means that I can live in the middle of the city and be in legit wilderness within like an hour. Um, when in fact, I, you know, just like any other city dwelling person, I can walk to the store in 10 minutes. I can walk to my, my local pub is a 30 second walk away. It's mental. Like, American geography and British geography is just so vastly different. Like we were discussing, you can literally be in another huge city in England 40 minutes away, and that is, and it can be even shorter than that. Whereas you could be traveling, like, like for example, in your like football league um, in the MLS, 
Like you can't go to your away games because you have to fly to most places. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be me and my group of friends would be home and away following the Timbers if possible. But we have so our our closest away days is Seattle, which is three hours on train, and that's like for us, that's a local, a hated local rivalry. Six hours to Vancouver, and then. 10 hour drive to San Jose to the south. That's our those are our three closest away days. Uh, 10 hours from here will get you into outskirts of Germany, middle of Germany. That's yeah. mental. Yeah. So I, I guess that means that probably MLS fans are a bit more hardcore than uh, any European fans. I was waiting for that. Really I was that waiting bit. for that. No, it's, 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 actually, it. <laughs> it's funny I mentioned this because I get into arguments all the time with people online about this real like MLS sickos, which anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I'm not an MLS sicko in, in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Um, it's just not comparable. But anyways, let's get back to uh, to the real football, as I like to say on this podcast. And, and we will look ahead to City's Clash with RB Leipzig tonight later on in the show. But Given the magnitude of the game against Liverpool at the weekend, I want to touch on a few things. And um, if you want a more in-depth analysis of that game, go back after you listen to this one, listen to yesterday's episode. Um, Amos, Ali, and I took a, a bit of a deeper dive into all the, the comings and goings at the Etihad on Saturday. Um, but Luke, one thing I want to touch on is, is Erling Holland, And it, it felt more than ever like there was this sense of frustration among City fans after the game that, he wasn't given the ball enough. He wasn't given enough service. And I think particularly it's that kind of what we knew from the Holland at Dortmund was that quintessential run in behind um, to, to spring him on a goalkeeper one-on-one. And we don't see that from City enough. And, and it felt like with Liverpool playing a high line, we know some of their defensive frailties, vulnerabilities. Um, it felt like the option was there to play Holland in behind on multiple occasions, and the option was rarely to never taken. Um, one, is that an issue? Two, is it instructed to the players to do that, do you think? Or are they just failing to execute when they have the opportunity? Um, is it a lack of Kevin De Bruyne? What, what is it about the current circumstances that is forcing the City players to basically not give the ball to Erling Holland when he makes very good runs? I think they are trying, and that's a bad thing. Like they are trying at certain points, but it's just they just the players don't have the Kevin De Bruyne esque killer pass. Like Alvarez is brilliant; he's very driven, he's very good at carrying the ball, he's very good at being direct. But the killer pass isn't there, and he's essentially playing the, the in in very commas Kevin De Bruyne role from ourselves. But, but um, what about Bernardo Silva? What about Rodri? I mean, surely there's yeah. other players that can see the passes and make them, right? Yeah, it's it's. It's frustrating as a fan as you're seeing him make these runs constantly. Like at, at certain points, like when he won the when he was winning the ball back in the first half, like he was bullying defenders. Like like Van Dyke and Matip are huge guys. Like they're, they're not they're not slouches, and he's out muscling them. He's out playing them. Sometimes, if you played five six more passes through to him in a game, he's going to get in the end at least two of them. And with Haaland, you're going to back him to score one. Like fifty percent chance conversion is probably his average. So it's it's frustrating as a fan. What I would love to do is I'd love to sit in the video sessions that City have. They must do a day of video. I, I'd love to see if that is something that they are pointing out, pointing the runs out, because we can see it in the stands. You can watch it on TV. I'd love to see if maybe Pep is thinking more sort of like control, maybe the direct approaches. And for him, 
we don't know. We we don't see sort of like the video, but I'd love to sit in just to see exactly how they are sort of analysing these performances. Because, I mean, for for the naked eye, for me watching in the sand, in the south stand, Haaland is just running through constantly. Just give him the bloody ball, please. He's unbelievable. Well, this is where my confusion comes in. As you say, maybe it's it's Pep, you know, looking for the control. But, you know, if Pep's looking for the control, then then Jeremy Doku has a bit of more of a leash on him, right? He doesn't he doesn't have the opportunity to go flying down the wing every single time he wants, essentially. And it's fantastic when he does. And, you know, he's setting records and in, in completing dribbles and getting past his man. That's great. But my confusion comes in in the fact that it felt like the business in the summer with Kovacic, with Matias Nunes, you know, play, replacing players like Gundogan, who is not that kind of, you know, play a ball in behind. He's that more tactical, controlled midfielder. But somebody like Kovacic, who at the time was number one in the Premier League for balls into the final third. And it felt like the business from City in the summer was to get more out of Holland and capitalize on his movement more. Um, and it feels like, if anything, they've actually reverted and and gone even further away from playing those balls in behind. So it feels like at the moment, the the business in the summer, the personnel that City have on the field at any given time is almost going against what um, Pep is instructing them to do. Yeah, I, I, I do think a big factor, in my opinion, is the unluckiness that we got with Paqueta. Like, we were all but there agreeing a fee, and then obviously, obviously, the betting scandal or whatever came out. I, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. But if we'd have signed Paqueta, who would have come in just before Nunes, I believe, like that would have been an unbelievable signing. We've seen him for West Ham's currently this year. We saw him for West Ham last year. He has got it all. He has got that goal threat. He has got that killer pass. Like He would be a great signing in January. Whether or not we've got the money to do that, I'm not too sure with financial fair play and all. Sort of like the corrupt uh, Man City corrupt as fucking as as everyone's saying nowadays. Um, I'm not going to say in a scouse accent either. I heard you yesterday. Um, um, so no, you don't. You, you don't. I can't find Glossop on a map. You think I'm going to be able to do a scouse accent successfully? Yeah, you've got no chance, mate. You've got no chance. But yeah, it's it, it, we are missing a little bit of that. I think what kind of worked with having sort of Gundo in there is because of his directness, he pulls away centre halves, and when you've only got one centre half on Erling Haaland, you're more likely to play the ball rather than two centre halves on Erling Haaland. Maybe that's a bit of an influence. Whereas we don't have players who are as direct as that. So it's it's a little bit of an unknown at the moment. Like we are missing that little bit of creativity, I am thinking, and hopefully we can rectify that soon. But I'm gonna play devil's advocate again. Mm-hmm. You look at that starting eleven against Liverpool, and I see four players behind Erling Holland, Phil Foden, Julian Alvarez, Bernardo Silva. And Jeremy Doku, and and you can even throw Rodri into the mix there, who I believe up until his red card led the league in in big chances created from yeah. from a holding midfield role, which is which is insane. So it, it kind of blows my. It, it, to me, it, it must be tactical. It, it must they must be told don't play that pass. I know Erling's going to make the run, but don't play it. Maybe it's a diversionary tactic from Erling Holland that he's going to continue to make the runs and make the runs and make the runs and keep players like Van Dyke and Matt Tip honest and, and keep them on their toes that that's an option when really they want to play it short and work their way up the pitch. Look, I, I think city would probably benefit from playing that ball more often, but then maybe that's just simply not what Pep wants. And 
if anything in the past seven years has taught us that we kind of have to kind of have to trust the bald man a little bit. He probably knows what he's doing. Um, that'll do for part one. In a moment, we'll be back to talk about the Etihad atmosphere and Pep's comments on it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you are new here, please hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review, unless it is a shit one. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more people like you. All right, Luke. Unfortunately, we have to touch on this because Pep, oh, Pep, he's, he said it again. Um, I don't know why he continues to do this, but after the game uh, against Liverpool, he said that he wanted, quote, some more noise from the city supporters at the Etihad. This is nothing new. We've heard Pep, you know, call on the city fans to be noisier. Um, plenty of games, you know, we've seen him often for some fucking reason turn to the tunnel club and do his little, you know, raising of the arms, asking for more noise as if any of those people are going to make noise. The only noise you're hearing from them is forks and knives clinking on plates. Are you annoyed by the comments? Does he have a point? I want to read this tweet out from Joshua9320 who said, Club's fault, 75 pounds for the cheapest tickets yesterday, surrounded by tourists holding GoPros for the full 98 minutes. Atmosphere was shite and so was Liverpool's. This is probably where I fall on the Etihad atmosphere debate here. If Pep wants a better atmosphere, turn around and beg your bosses. Stop asking the fans that are showing up every week to be louder. They're they're the ones that are getting you know gouged by the ticket prices, shitty start times. You know, Saturday 8 p.m. kickoffs or Saturday 12.30 kickoffs. Either way, it's a nightmare. Um, does Pep have a point or should he be having a conversation with his bosses and say, if you want a better atmosphere, you can do something about it? Well, let's take, for example, my season ticket where I'm in the South Stand Level 1. I'm next to the away fans. I'm where the atmosphere should be and usually is. My season ticket's gone up again this year. My ticket is now 725 quid, I think, annually. That is a lot of money. If I was in mainland Europe, say Germany, for example... It'd be what a third of the price. It's it's a joke. Like it's so expensive. Like a lot of people I know don't go to games anymore because they can't afford it. We have a working class fan base. It, there's a lot of factors that don't help with sort of like the atmosphere, but the pricing helped. Like I when I was walking to the stadium, so I was a little bit late, so I got the train down. I was walking about about twenty past twelve, quarter past twelve, walking quickly. What past one of the um, people selling scarves outside? There was literally, and I mean no lie. 60, 70 tourists around this one guy selling scarves all begging for half and half scarves outside the South Stand. That shouldn't happen. That's supposed to be where our core diehards are. But no, full of tourists because ticket prices are extortionate and a joke. Like, we weren't up for it, I'll be honest with you. The, the atmosphere wasn't very good. It was good for the first sort of 15, 20. It petered out. But half 12 kickoffs don't help. Like, I know it's bad. I know it's bad to say, but there's, there's less beer because people have either been on a night out, are hungover, or I know a few people who went straight through, and 
they were in a bad way, mate, in the concourse. Let's just say that. They were in a bad, bad way. Um, and also, like, it's, it's a simple case of because of so much money that has been spent on this, people are not as up for these big games. Like, if that would have been Sunday at half four, it would have been rocking, and I'm certain of it. But, yeah, Pep, just turn around and talk to your bosses. Like, don't turn around to the family stand and start giving it to them. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like Mike Mike and Stephen are not going to be giving it being 17 years old, are they, after they've done it in the 80s? Like, come over to us and let, and let us know about it. I, I agree we were flat, but sometimes there's things that are out of our control. Yeah, I fully agree. I have no problem with Pep asking for a better atmosphere. I think he's. I just think he's directing his um, frustration at the wrong people. It's not mm-hmm. the people that have to pay, you know, 70 odd pounds every single game. I mean, considering the amount of games that city play, that's extortionate prices. Um, but it is what it is. Hopefully the atmosphere will improve and, you know, bigger football games will help. We saw that at the back end of last season, that was, you know, some fantastic atmospheres at the Etihad. And, and we heard it from, from neutrals as well. You know, we heard it from Real Madrid saying it was the, the craziest atmosphere they'd played in in some time. Um, hopefully we can get back to that, but We'll shift our attention for the last few minutes here to tonight's clash against RB Leipzig. Um, and I just want to kind of look at who might be playing in this game. Because when you look at the game against Liverpool at the weekend, um, the bench was really light. And I'll just I'll just read through it really quick. Um, obviously, there was plenty of injuries during the international break. But the bench against Liverpool was Calvin Phillips, John Stones, who, as we know, was not fit to play anyways. Stefan Ortega, Sergio Gomez, Yasko Gavardiol, Scott Carson, a second keeper, uh, Oscar Bob, and Rico Lewis. When I look at that list, you know, Gavardiol, maybe Oscar Bob, Rico Lewis, Pep has already kind of confirmed will play. You know, I, I don't see that much room for rotation. And I think that we could see potentially eight of the 11 that played against Liverpool and Six or seven of those eight were pretty fucking sluggish against Liverpool. Um, are we kind of careening into a little fatigue and potential injury crisis here with the games coming up? Mate, we're so burned out. I, I was, we were saying it in the stands. Like, I turned around about 75 minutes in and everybody looked knackered. And do you blame them? Like, Alvarez has just been on what, like a, a 10 hour flight. Had what a day and a half of rest, and he's back playing straight away. Like I understand, like, people say online, don't they? Oh, the professional footballers are living their dreams. Have you ever tried playing? Like, I played ninety minutes of football. If I played a ninety minute game, I'd be out for three days. Like, I'd be I'd, gone. I'd die. Genuinely, <laughs> yeah. I think I would die. Especially at the pace of playing as well. Like, I get their athletes, but I also like for people who are like, oh yeah, but I work a nine to five job. Yeah, but. I, you're not exerting that physical sort of exercise that they're doing. You get all them holidays a year. They get barely any time off and it's just crammed into one time. It's a lot of mental fatigue. It's a lot of physical fatigue. And when you're not got a big squad to rotate, when you've got a manager who doesn't openly trust half of the squad, it really does hinder us. And a certain game like Abdi Leipzig, well, Gavardio is definitely going to come in. Rico is definitely going to come in. If, Oscar Bob's not playing, is he? I'd be so shocked if he brings him in. But it's the type of games where you want him to play. Like, give him a go. Like, just just give him a bit of trust. Like, give well, him a bit of belief. let's let's talk about that because at the moment, standings in Group G are City on twelve points, RB Leipzig on nine. So, you know, they come and win at the Etihad, and going into the final match day, you could potentially finish second in the group if you know you get stunned in Belgrade, which. That's a tough place to go and win a football game. So um, where's the line drawn as far as 
how much you can rotate and give players like Oscar Bob, you know, minutes or potentially bring in Stefan Ortega to give Ederson, who did pick up a knock on international break, it has to be said. Where is that line? Because this is one of those games that the, it's teetering on important. It's a game that you probably at least need a draw to control your own fate going into the final game and a win, a win on the final match day wins you the group. But you lose this game and, who, I mean, who knows what happens from there? Obviously, we're already qualified, but you don't want to have to go into the round of 16 having to play, you know, uh, a PSG or, or you know, an Atletico Madrid or Real Madrid or somebody. So where where is that line of rotation to keeping the momentum because it is a semi-big game? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the injuries, isn't it, also that's not helping us because we've got, what, four major players there who would almost certainly be coming into the side, or at least rotating in and out, who would definitely do a job there and Pep would trust them, um, whereas we just don't have that at this moment in time. I, I, I do get that. They're, what, I think it's six six goal difference between us, so they won't have to beat us 3-0 in order to kind of match us and go top of the group. Um, again, it's just... I, I, I I'd like to see Oscar Bob come in just because... Like Alvarez looked on his ass, mate. Like he, he looks knackered. And of course, should be so he deserves a rest more than anything. But is he going to get a rest? I don't think so. And then, but what if, what if he gets injured before Tottenham? And then, luckily, Tottenham are on the ropes as well. But it's, it's, it's hard playing all these games. It is, it is hard when you've got such a small squad anyway. Four, three or four injuries can just wipe out a team's momentum, definitely. Yeah, it is It is really interesting. I'm really intrigued to see what Pep ends up doing for tonight. But I would imagine we probably see eight of the 11 that played against Liverpool probably um, coming back in tonight, which, you know, it's a shame that we're already having to put this amount of physical stress on the players. But unfortunately, that's the way of football. Could City have maybe dealt with the, the size of the squad in the summer a bit more than they did? perhaps, but we've had that conversation a million and one times. Um, that'll do for today. Luke, thank you very much. Hey, thank you as always. I mean, I always love to spend uh, my Tuesdays there with you. It's fantastic. I always love to spend my Tuesdays with a glossopian. That'll do for us. Thank you very much. <laughs> Until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.